vibes another episode this is a weekend special we don't usually do episodes for the weekends but we missed one day in the week so we're here with a bonus episode for you of the hoop genius podcast presented by nba 2k23 and if it's the weekend and you've got no plans or you do have plans if you want to make your plans better hit the link in our bio and pre-order your copy of nba 2k23 because then you can play it by yourself if you've got no plans or if you're meeting up with your friends you can play 2k23 with your friends as well what's better than playing video games with friends the only thing better than that is listening to the Hoop Genius Podcast as I, as always, am joined by Mr. BJ Armstrong. BJ, how are you doing? You know that. You know what it is, man. Well, you already know what it is. You BJ, already know what it is. And BJ's you know living good. BJ's living good. You know what I'm saying? He's been enjoying. He's enjoying. A lot has happened, though. Well, I say a lot has happened, but, you know, we often talk about it being a slow news day. Today is uh, not completely fully dry news day. Um, so the first thing is... An old fan favorite of the NBA, Matthew Delavadova, after playing in Australia for a number of years, is back with BJ. Do you know what team? Do you know mm-hmm. where he signed? Go, go ahead. He signed with the Sacramento Kings. And we often make jokes. We often make jokes about Sacramento Kings, but I think it's a pretty solid signing. What do you make of it? Non partially guaranteed deal. He played. Last play for the Cavs in 2021. Then he played for Melbourne United uh, for a season, a couple of years, because obviously pandemic. And then now he's back in the NBA. Interesting signing. In particular, because they have a lot of guards. Mm-hmm. They have Devion Mitchell, who to me is clearly a, you know, a defensive caliber player a high level defensive caliber player yep coming off your bench you have darren fox who potentially could be an all-star caliber player Mm -hmm. they just signed malik monk yep i believe correctly they just Mm -hmm. drafted the kid from iowa um, keegan murray keegan murray i believe he's going to play the three or the four though so okay well then you have barnes so and, I don't really don't look, forget look at Kevin positions. Her from Atlanta. Yes. So I don't really look at twos and three. I just look at, you know, all of these guards. Okay. Because a lot of people play small now, right? You can easily have Steph Curry and Jordan Poole on the floor together. Yep. Okay. So when I look at this, I'm going, the Delanadova thing doesn't really make sense to me. Just from a guard forward ratio but if you just want multiple guards i'm going to assume maybe Dylan Nadova and what's the head coach there now the the new coach maybe they have some type of this relationship is, this is why i think it's good because he played under mike brown um before when he was in cleveland did he not yeah in his original okay. stick because people don't know he was with he, he was with the cleveland cavaliers then he went to the bucks for a couple of years before going back to cleveland um but yeah. yeah i think his first season in cleveland he was with Mike Brown, and I think they had a really good relationship. Okay, well, may, maybe that's that's something here. But what I'm looking f- what I'm looking for from the Sacramento Kings this year is the following: I'm looking for an improvement in the win column. Mm-hmm. This team has been in the dormant of the NBA for many, many years now, and it's time for them to make a you know push let's let's steer this ship in the right direction 
Why do I say this? Is because they have very, what I would say, good young players. They traded for Sabonis. Yeah, I think it's time for them now to be hovering around 500, to start consistently playing at somewhere near where they can get to the play-in game, get to the playoffs, and maybe get to the first round. So in saying that, if Dellen Devova is the answer, and I don't see it in July, so be it. But I would hope that that is the direction that this team is looking to go in. So the reason why I say it's a good signing, and I I don't think he's going to be the answer and fix all their problems, but he is a champion. And he's a very gritty player, shall we say. You know, he gives it his Where is he going to play? In practice. He's going to set the tone. Oh, They They wish sign you for practice. They wish yeah, they, they could, could sign, sign you for practice. <laughs> Do you NBA. not think you for a young it. defensive stud like Davion Mitchell, learning from Delavadova, who won a championship by playing that defensive role at the guard spot, guarding Steph Curry, none other, that's going to be a good influence on him. And we often talk about NBA teams not having enough veterans. We often say there's not enough leadership in the locker room. We often say there's not enough veteran players that are showing these guys how to be professionals. That's why I think it's a good signing. I think adding a former champion who's in the archetype of one of your young stars that you drafted last year, I think it's a good thing. Do you not think it's going to have a positive effect on the young guards that are learning and navigating their way through life? In I, the I, I, I do not. I do not. And I, I, I like Dellen Nadova, but I do not. I don't think Dellen Nadova and Devian Mitchell are the same player. No, I don't I, think they're the same. But they're, they're similar in terms of defensively focused guards. I don't see that, but okay. If you say if you say so, I, I don't see it. Devion, I see, is a player who could be potentially someday an all defensive player. I don't yeah. I don't see I don't look at Dela Nadova as that. No. I look at him as a fourth, fifth guard. Spot up, hustle plays, hustle, yeah. hustle, effort, energy, second effort player. Devion Mitchell could very well be a starter in this league. Yeah. Like a young Chew Holiday on the defensive side. Yeah, he this kid is a high, he could be a high caliber player. Now he's not as tall as maybe Drew Holiday, but he's a high caliber. He's not as big as Marcus Smart, but I think he has the same mentality. Yes. But I I, I like him. But I don't I see. De'Aaron Fox has to be 36 plus minutes a night. Devion Mitchell has to figure out how to get in there. Keegan Murray is going to have to figure out how to get in there. Malik Monk, they just signed. Herder. It seems like a lot of guards to me. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone starts talking about practice and all of that. I don't see it. It's the O'Donnell's Haslam role. It's a... Udonis Haslam is a unique situation. It doesn't apply to everything. You can't just say this is Udonis Haslam is a, this is different than what we're talking about. This team right now, they're struggling to find out, find their identity within the NBA. I mean, they're the longest tenured team in the league currently that hasn't made the playoffs. What they're going on what 15, 16 years. Yeah. Like, Oh, Four oh five. There's not a player in the league currently that's played against the Sacramento Kings in the postseason 
ever. Okay. There is no active player. So, again, they ha- they seem to be guard heavy at this point. Maybe, you know, maybe I don't know. I, I'm I'm going to reserve, but I don't understand the following: if De'Aaron Fox, Malik Monk, Kevin Herter, Devion Mitchell, Keegan Murray, Harrison Barnes. It seems like that's a that's 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 pretty solid at the guards. That seems really solid to me. I just don't see any more space for any more ball handlers or players. But again, what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I like it. I think adding veterans into a locker room. This is something that we discussed when Jamal came on the show. He was saying there's not enough veterans in locker rooms, and speaking of Jamal, he's got some young talent coming up to Seattle to play in his program, the crossover. Chet Holmgren, Paolo Banchero, two of the top picks in this year's draft. We don't often see this, you know, B. There's not been many times where, you know, two of the top picks in an NBA draft have decided before they even got their NBA careers underway to go head-to-head in a program. And my question to you is if we were picking teams for a pro-am pickup game, and you're picking either Chet or Paolo. Which one are you picking to be on your team? Of course, Summer League. There's me against you. We're team captains. There's a bunch of guys still on the baseline. We're picking who we want on our team. You've got the first pick. Chet's there. Paolo's there. Who are you picking? And this is for Summer League, not for this the is NBA just, game. Yeah, for a one-off pro-am game in the summertime. Oh, I'm picking Paolo. Yeah. Would that answer change for an NBA game? Would that change? Yes. Why? If it was an NBA game, because the NBA game is different than a pickup game. Okay. This is, this is just a pickup game. Like, bigs, tall players don't play in the summer. <laughs> well, speaking of bigs. No one, passes, no one passes the tall guys or the big guys the ball in the summer. Summertime. You, you, you get the rebound. You bring it up. You, you throw it between your legs. You shoot a step back. You do a couple oohs and ahs. For bigs, that's just conditioning. Well, for a player like Chet, he would try and bring the ball up himself because that's what he was doing in the summer league, trying to be the point guard. Yeah, but speaking that's, of that's speaking of bigs, as we're segueing so nicely through all of these topics, speaking of bigs and big bodies, uh, Christian Clark of new NOLA.com said that Zion Williamson's $193 million extension over five years could increase to $231 million with incentives that include a weight clause. The Duke product okay. will have a periodic weigh-ins and his combined weight and body fat percentage must be below 295. If it isn't, money can be reduced. And he allegedly is weighing at 285 right now. So he must be at 10% body fat or less in order to collect his money. I've not heard of a contract like this. That's a very odd way to phrase it. I've seen contracts where it's below a certain weight. But the combination of body fat percentage plus weight is very strange to me, given that there isn't one singular accurate measure of body fat. What are your thoughts? I, I, I've seen this a million times. Like, it's no big what, deal. Body fat plus weight. Yes. Is that so? That's a common yeah, thing. They, 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 no, that's a, that's a, you know, it first came into in vogue, if you will, with Pat Riley and the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. You know, guards had to be under 6%, forwards had to be under 8%, bigs had to be between 10 and 
that's I mean it's there's goes my chances of playing for the Miami Heat. Yeah, it's that's really <laughs> you know, a lot of times because now when you're beginning as you age, you're gonna pick up weight, but you want to pick up good weight. Mm-hmm. And that was the big thing with Zion was he was already a big kid and you're going to pick up 10, 15 pounds. Now you would hope it's good 10 or 15 pounds. So if he's 300, but he's 7% body fat, I don't have a problem with that. What you don't want him to do is pick up 15 pounds and he's 18% body fat. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense to me in understanding the little that I do understand about as guys begin to mature, I mean, you're gonna, you're going to pick up weight. He's going to be lifting and you just want to make sure that you have the balance between your muscle mass and the weight that you're picking up. And that, that makes total sense to me. So I don't see, I I don't, I don't don't think that's anything new, but maybe, maybe it is. I I I think they've had it. In probably a lot of contracts, but I guess it's just not a big news story until it's a player like Zion who everyone loves to talk about his conditioning. How do you think it's common on teams other than the Miami Heat? Yes. Like, yes. do you think a lot of teams have those contracts in place then? Absolutely. Everyone, everyone, everyone now, wait, every, every one of my clients, they have to weigh in. We could. Oh, Okay. Okay, okay so. the reason being, that's the whole thing. Okay, so all of these guys, all these guys talking about these athletes today, everyone's talking about rest and recovery. That's the whole idea around, you know, load management. So as we are beginning to monitor guys' bodies in practice with all these computers and all of these things and, and recovery methods and training and all of this you want to begin to always evaluate muscle mass to you know guys losing weight you know if a guy is losing weight but he maintains his muscle mass that's that's okay but what you don't want is guys losing muscle mass losing strength now he gets fatigued and then he exposes himself to injuries because of fatigue because of the ratio between his muscle mass and, you know, he's not able to recover. So if you're strong and you're losing weight, but you, you're still, you still can lift, let's just say 245. That's okay. Some Mm -hmm. guy's body works that way. What you don't want a guy is to do. He was bench pressing 245. And then in January, he loses 12 pounds and now he can't even get up 210 on the, on the bench press. You follow me. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. All of these guys. The, so because of the, you know, the, the the science now, every team is doing this and they're doing it to the nth degree. Mm. So every team is aware of this. I think now because of the size of Zion it's probably getting more, but every player is doing this. I, I can recall back when Kevin Durant came into the league because he was so thin, but he was strong, even though he was thin, he was he was she was strong. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's not it's like Chet Holmgren, like he's thin, but long as Chet is strong and he's continued to have the balance that's necessary. I don't know the science, what he needs to be as far as muscle mass to weight size. As long as he's strong where he can control that body, 
I'm okay with that. So this isn't nothing, this isn't anything new, Mo, as far as with these teams. And that's the whole idea around resting guys, supposedly. You know, I say this with quotes, right? When you find that your guys are not in the safe zone as far as their recovery, it science says they should rest. The argument now is it, it it's different from every team though. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's that's the argument. You know, um, I don't think there's anything that goes that can apply to every player. Okay, well, last topic for today is a quote. By the way, I just want to say on that is just another example of the media trying to talk about Zion Williamson's size for no reason. Then, if those contracts are so commonplace, okay, cool. The final thing, D'Angelo Russell has just tweeted something that I don't really understand. He says, the NBA is full of athletes and not basketball players, respectfully. What does this mean to you? Well, well, it sounds like I didn't see the quote. Maybe you can send that, it to that me. That is the full quote, in full. What it sounds like to me is he is suggesting or trying to make the point that the league is, you know, full of athletes yes. and not skilled basketball. That's what it sounds like to me. Now, if we want to pump the brakes on that, I think that's an interesting quote, interesting observation. I would love to hear him expand on that, mm-hmm. but but you certainly can make the case because without question, the players today from top to bottom are better athletes. The yes. training's better. They're bigger. They're stronger. We just talked about uh, an athlete now that's 285, 295 in <laughs> Zion, you mm-hmm. know, we, that, that, which is an interesting, you know, uh, you, you know, you don't see that size of an athlete every day. So without question, we can talk about the athletic ability of John ja Morant and the things we're seeing at the, at the point guard positions and, whatever, two, three, whatever. These athletes, without question, are bigger, stronger, more athletic. Now, how does that translate in today's game? How does that translate in the way coaches are teaching today? How does it translate into the rules? We could talk about all these things. I think it's an interesting observation by a current player. Okay. Well, um, I I don't really know what to make of it but I would assume that you have to be a great athlete to be in the NBA, but you also have to be a great basketball player. I think he means as well. It's like a lot of teams are just loading up on, I say a lot of teams. We're starting to see a trend of, okay, we're just going to put out Luca and then a bunch of guys that can be play made for rather than playmakers. But to counter that, it's like, okay, but they've got Dinwiddie and they just have Brunson. They just drafted this kid who's playmaker as well. Um, so I don't know. It's the off season. People love to talk. A lot of people have been asking me about. Draymond What's the quote Green. again? Mo? can you read the quote? You can read the quote again. Can you read the? Read me the the NBA is full of athletes, not basketball players. Hashtag respectfully. So he's saying these guys aren't skilled basketball players. I'm guessing he means guys that don't do a lot of dribbling and shooting fadeaways. They're just more defensive players, catch and shoot, finishing lobs. Well, here's what I will say to that. I think we all can agree on the following. I think we all can agree, whatever generation, is that the game is very simple when you compare it to 15, 20 years ago, right? Every play ends more or less in an isolation. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. 
If you don't know what to do, you just call a guy to go screen. Yep. Right. The guy either does one or two things. Either he screens and pop picks and pops or he slips it. Mm-hmm. OK, the, the game is very simple in the way they play. I think we all can agree on this. There's only three things happen on the offensive end. A guy is going to shoot a three. He's going to drive to the basket or he's going to try to get fouled. You don't see a lot of ball movement, player movement anymore. You don't see multiple passes, ball going from side to side anymore. And you don't see a lot of Mo five-man offense. Okay? Now, yep. you'll go, well, back in the day, they used to have two guys. Remember when they would have two guys, Mo, up at the three-point line, the whole because of the defense, you know, they would put two guys, and they would run a lot of three-man offense on one side or two-man offense on one side, and then put the other guys yep. in isolation. Okay. So the the sophistication of the, the offenses that you're seeing now has is very limited because it doesn't require players to play in a system of play. Think about this, Mo. Most teams just play one-on-one basketball and look for the double team or try to pick out the matchup that they want. Yeah. All right? So – we want to put Steph Curry in every screen role. And then once we get the match that we want, your job is to go into isolation and do one of the following. Either drive them, score, or kick to the open guy when they help. I mean, well, that's basically, and we're seeing this now in the regular season, in the postseason, and in the NBA finals, mm-hmm. where before you would see teams play five-man basketball, move the ball from side to side, and you would play into a system. And then when the shot clock, which we would call red, player X, who normally is your best player, would get the ball and maybe generate a shot. That was part of your offensive scheme that most teams ran. You just don't see that anymore. So if he is indicating the obvious, I agree with him. Because there aren't a lot of teams, right? You don't put – when you watch the Dallas Mavericks play – we're not watching what their system of play is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Get the ball of Luca. When we're watching the Philadelphia 76ers, we're not watching a system of play. Mm-hmm. Now, the Warriors are interesting because the Warriors, they, they ball movement, player movement. Mm-hmm. When we watch the Celtics, though. Don't remind me. Mo, Mo I, I mean, how many times do we have to watch Jalen Rose ISO me. from here? Jalen Rose. <laughs> now that would be Jaylen even Rose. worse. Jalen Brown. There were so and many Jalens in the NBA now. Have you ever noticed? I know. It's, it, it's, it's great. Uh, it, it really is. It, it really is. That's, it's, a, it's a great story um, from the late Jalen Rose mom when she created the name. So She created the name um, Jalen. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. So um, there was no Jalen's before Jalen Rose. Before Jalen Rose. Yeah. Jalen Rose is like, the first recorded Jalen in the history I, of the I world. I want to say her, her, her uncle name was Lonnie. And she had two uncles. Like, I think her brother name was James. And so he's, 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 it's a story. I don't know. I don't want to get the story wrong. But it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a great story. Um, You know, Jalen's from Detroit. You should read, read, read it. Wow. Yeah, I'm sure you can look it up. This is crazy. 
Oh, you didn't know this story? Yeah, read it. No, this is, let this our, is crazy. Let our listeners know. She it's exactly created the you, name. Yeah. It's like her uncle or brother or something. And she she combined the names. Jalen, I think James and Lonnie or something like that. Wow. What is it? How does it go, Mo? Um, well, she was torn between Marcus and Spencer. So she decided to go neither of them. Um, let me have a look. I'm just I'm just reading through the whole story right now. Um, no, wait, am I clicking the right one? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm reading a story about someone who named their kid after Jalen Rose. But but yeah, so um, Jalen, just read the Jalen Rose. How did his mom just put how his mom came up with the name Jalen? Jalen is an invented name. Basketball player got their name in the nineties. It's a combination of James and the name of his father Leonard. The name of his uncle. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Jay for James and Len James. for Leonard. Jalen. That's yeah, crazy. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's absolutely crazy. Yeah, that is J A L E N, right? Is it is J A L E N? Yeah, Leonard and James. It was something like that. Yeah, and she combined it and put Jalen, and then now you'll see different spellings and 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 everything but Jalen Rose right now is the Jalen let, let me hear you with Jalen Brunson Jalen Green Jalen McDaniels Jalen Suggs Jalen Smith Jalen Jones Jalen Harris Jalen Johnson Jalen LeCue um Jalen Brown Jalen Noel Jalen Horde Jalen Adams Jalen Morris and then there's other variations of spelling that's crazy oh you I, didn't know that story I oh. didn't know it I never heard it oh that's yeah crazy yeah. Yeah, you know that's my that's, that's my guy. What up, though? You see, you see, <laughs> I, I, I like to keep it on the court. You know, all the off court stuff you could talk about. Oh, it. stop it! <laughs> stop you can talk about it. baby names. I'm gonna keep it on the court. You know, what I'm saying? Uh, right, right. <laughs> but that's been another week. Hoop Jesus podcast. I can't even remember what we're talking about before the name Jamin. But we were talking about we were talking about um, basketball. Okay, yeah. Um, Left-handed um, basketball from Minnesota, player. from Minnesota. D'Angelo Russell. Minnesota. Yep. D'Angelo Russell. We're talking about him. But I think he made an interesting observation. Yeah. I, I really do. I really think if you break the game down, you can make that argument. You can make that argument today because you don't see a lot of teams play team basketball. It's just more isolation basketball. And the thing that you – look. Let's watch the videos on Instagram and all the things guys working out. No one's working on screen cut spacing. Everyone's no, working on they work that. out by themselves. Hey, how are you going to screen in an empty gym <laughs> on your own? <laughs> you know, I always joke. I always joke with myself. This is one of my things. And I said, in my basketball career, I'm playing with, in Chicago, I'm playing with two Hall of Fame players. Why am I working on my offensive isolation game? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, why? I'm playing with a guy who averages 35 plus. a night. Yep. Why am I working? And then the other guy's averaging 20 plus. Why am I working on isolation basketball? Mm-hmm. Well, everyone wants to be. I saw this thing today of like they were comparing Jalen, uh, Jamal Crawford, and Manu Ginobili. And Gilbert Arenas was answering a question and he broke it down to, well, who's better one on one? 
Uh, but you don't actually factor that in to a five-on-five basketball. If we're talking about one-on-one basketball, then yeah, cool. Um, but that's a conversation for another day. Maybe we need to get Tracy McGrady on the show and talk about his one-on-one league. Maybe we need to do that and then explore the obsession of one-on-one basketball now. Maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe we will do that. Um, but if you want to hear that, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, leave a rating, leave a comment, share it with a friend. You know what? Can I just say this one before we, before we sign off? There used to be a theme before it's just now it's just total isolation called the game within the game. Uh-huh. And only the superstars were allowed to play the game <laughs> within the game. Yeah. But like Mo and BJ are on the team. Bo's on the Celtics. Armstrong is on the, the, the Bulls. Mo, the fans aren't coming to see Armstrong and Muncy play one-on-one. But I would like to see a few matchups late in the fourth quarter where Bird was messed up with Jordan and vice versa. I have a counterpoint. Since when, since when did the role players suddenly have to play one-on-one? I, it, it doesn't, like... I have I a counterpoint. I would like to see. Okay, what's the counter? I think there are people out there who would love to see me versus you one on one. I think that our listeners would love to see that. But I, I accept Most, your point I, in the in the real NBA. Can I, can I say one thing? Mm-hmm. Where your game at? You're gonna find out. You're gonna find <laughs> out. <laughs> and on that bombshell. It's been another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast. Make sure you hit the link in our bio. If you are bored, even for five minutes this weekend, you sit there bored for five minutes, you're going to sit there and you're going to wonder, why did I not hit the link in their description? Why have I not pre-ordered NBA 2K23? Why am I not playing NBA 2K22 to prepare myself for 2K23? That's what I'm going to leave you on. Let us know if you want to see me and BJ going one-on-one. And uh, until next time, get buckets.